discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boatin as Christ is magnified in you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence in our midst. We are grateful for your work that you continue to do in our lives. We pray that as your word comes, it comes with power. It comes with life to change us from one state of glory to the other. Thank you, Father, for this increase. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So today, um, what I'm about to preach on are things that I've been meditating on for a while. Yes. And um, it's just, I'm sure you've heard it before. You've heard it all before, but I pray that this time as you hear it, it's more profound, it's more life-changing, it's more personal. Hallelujah. The title, hmm. The title is, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> okay, at first when it came to me it was like some kingdom facts. Okay, I'm saying some because I may not be able to say all of them. Okay, I'm not saying that these are the only ones. Okay, so I think some kingdom facts will be, it's okay. Yeah. So, um, the Holy Spirit has been teaching me a few things on this year is our year of the Spirit, isn't it? And it's 10 in 1. And it's not just a saying. It's, it's a reality, I must say. It's, it's a word that has gone forth. So that means it has started working. Yeah, it wasn't said because we were full, we were excited, and we just wanted to say something nice. It was something that was birthed out of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So that means it has been set in motion. And not everybody will automatically benefit from it. It is only those who decide that I want to be part of it. These are the people who benefit. You understand? God is a gentleman. That's why salvation, even though he has made provision for salvation for everybody, is still dependent on you. You have to say, I want it, because he will not impose himself on you. That's his love. You understand? Okay, so it's our year of the Spirit, 10 in 1. And God is teaching us a lot of things. He's, he's accelerating us at a very high speed. And I realize that it's because he wants us to change the world very fast. You understand? Because the devil is really at work. He's really busy. So we can't, we can't be asleep or just relaxed. Okay. Whatever thing that we found ourselves doing, we should do it well. 
we should take it up with all our hearts. Okay, so one of the few things, one of the few things that the Holy Spirit has, you know, placed in my spirit that is changing my mind, is making me a better person. That's why I'm saying that we are just starting. You know, we are just starting. Because what he's letting me know is that he's got really, really big plans for each and every single person here. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to be a pastor. You know, we are all children of God. We are all children of God. We pastors, teachers, leaders, we are here to guide you to come to that full stature of Christ. But we all have God inside us. We all have the Holy Spirit inside us. We are all very precious to him. He loves all of us. He loves all of us. The Bible says that he's no respecter of persons. It is how you respond to that love that he gives to you. It's what determines how you manifest it. Okay? So you have to respond to his love for you. He's not going to... He's not. I don't know how... His word is there for us. Okay? God is love. And then we know John 3.16. Everybody seems to recite it off head without really thinking it through. But he loved us. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him what, should not perish but have everlasting life. I think one of the things I realized personally was that we, I couldn't um, visualize that soul loved too well until I was being ministered to by another minister that I realized the extent of God's love was mind-blowing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So when you say you love somebody, you want to do everything for that person. You want to... I don't know about the dying part. That one, I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of people say a lot of strange things. <laughs> but when it comes to the crust of it, not everybody has that kind of, you know boldness to do that but he loved the world so much that he had to do something about how the world was going and he came and he brought in Jesus Christ Jesus came and died and took away everything okay so let's look at Isaiah 53 I like Isaiah 53 because it puts everything in summary okay most of the, th- the things that Jesus did are all over, scattered all over the Bible. But I choose Isaiah 53 because it gives us some, everything a bit in a, in a nutshell over there so we can have a look at it. Okay. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant. So this, this was a prophecy by Isaiah. So Isaiah was came, I think, some thousand years before Jesus came, isn't it? But he was prophesying about the coming of Jesus. It was a prophecy. He said, he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of the dry ground. He had no form or comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. So he was talking about how Jesus looked when he was going to be crucified. Okay, three. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Okay. He said, surely he has borne our griefs. Surely. What does surely mean? Of a fact. 
of a truth. Okay, let's look at other versions, surely, and someone can look up the dictionary so that, because sometimes when you, 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 you see the word in another form, it's more profound for you. So this is like you are studying your Bible, isn't it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, good message. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, said our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. He thought we brought it on himself. He thought, we thought he brought it on himself. That God was punishing him for his own failures. That's what we thought. Let's go to five. I like the message. Five. But it was our sins that did that to him. That ripped and tore and crushed him. Our sins. He took the punishment and that made us whole. And through his bruises, we get healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright, so let's let's go to King James on the verse four. Back to the verse four. So surely he has borne our griefs. So surely he has borne our griefs. He, anything that causes us griefs, he bore it. So the message told us something. The message actually just explained it in you know very plain language to us. You know, he carried all our terrible things, okay? And it was our sin that did that. He was the payment for our sin, okay? We've been taught this, um, the vocabulary of our salvation. I would recommend that you keep listening to that series, okay? Because it's a very serious foundation. It's a serious foundation for your Christian maturity. If you don't understand what has happened to you, you cannot appreciate it, and you cannot walk in all that God has done for you. Hallelujah. You won't see where you have come from. And you won't see where you are going. So you have to understand it. So I recommend vocabulary of salvation. Everybody, please get to it. Continue to listen to it until when you wake up and they call your name, you see something concerning it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. So, so we thought, oh, God was punishing him, you know. So verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was beat up for our transgressions. I wish that one of these days, you know, the passion of Christ is, gives us a little idea of what happened to Jesus. It does, because we all know that Jesus was crucified naked with everything on. You know, he didn't have any cloth, loin cloth, you know, around him. He was naked. You know, when they say naked, it was naked. You understand? And Passion of Christ, I I think I've not been able to watch it for about 15 years because it was so serious. Like it's one of those things that you can't watch because it's it's too much. And that was what Isaiah was saying, that he was so disfigured that we, we couldn't watch it. We couldn't look at it. And we thought it was God's punishment for him. So Pastor, I recommend... One of these days, do night evening show, what do they even call it? Movie night or something. Uh huh. The Passion of Christ. Easter is too far away. We don't have to watch The Passion of Christ on Easter. <laughs> you see? <laughs> we can watch it anytime. Do you understand? Yes, so let's get it. Because I realized that what, what that movie tried to put, they tried. The best. It was amazing. You know, he was, his face was disfigured. And that was what the scripture was saying. 
everything about him. The, the whip wasn't just a rope whip. These were the whips that take off your skin. You understand? So that was the punishment for our sins. You understand? So he came and he said, okay, I'm taking the punishment. And he, the punishment you were supposed to get, the whips and everything, he, he gets it when it comes off, his skin goes off like that. You understand? And then they didn't just do the back. They did the front. Have you been caned here before? Exactly. You can't even imagine it. Just normal cane without any funny things. So he, the back, and then they turned him like this. So the, the movie did try its best, I think. And I think, I don't, how many have watched it before? Passion of Christ. Who hasn't watched it before? Oh, raise your hand. Ah, not everybody lifted their hands. If you haven't watched Passion of Christ before, raise your hand. Hey! The people who had watched it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nobody is going to beat you or anything. We just wanted to see the, you know, we just needed a bit of a pictorial view of who has and who hasn't. And if you did, do you even remember what was inside? Exactly. You were too young to even appreciate all that was going on. So that's why I'm saying that at least have a look at it and see what happened. Okay, at least where Jesus was being, you know, tortured. So he went through all of that. His face was disfigured. After beating him, kind of turns like everything they do, blood has to come out somehow. You know, it's not just that the place is reddened or something. There has to be blood. They have to draw blood. You know, they were mocking him, laughing at him. You know, he saw, he saw how terrible this was going to be. So much so that God in flesh was even praying that if there was another way. No, that should tell you how, how big the punishment was. How big this thing that Jesus did was. Okay, I'm just trying to set this preamble before I say what I have to say. It was a big deal. For God, Jesus, who can walk on water and everything? Couldn't he have, we watch superhero movies, couldn't he have summoned some form of um, painless nerve endings in his body or something like that? I'm sure he could have done something like that. But this time he had to go like a sacrifice, like, goodness, people are they're going to step over me, do everything, you know, because I love these people. A sacrifice for all of humanity. For all of humanity. So he goes through all this. Said um, He was wounded for our transgression. So every wound that he got was a payment for your sins. Your transgressions are your sins. He was bruised for our iniquities. Uh, sins, rebellion, it's like all, all the negative things you can think about. Said, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. The off there can be for our peace. Because when you read the English there, sometimes the off you are like, mm, what does that even mean? So, the chast- so if you see, put for there, New King James, that's for. Okay, so the chastisement for our peace, good. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. So the punishment, so that we can have peace, was upon him. He was punished, or he received or he took punishment so that we can have peace. It was upon him. He said, and by his stripes ye are healed. So these are some of the facts that I wanted to talk about. 
the fact that Jesus went through all that is something that is historically documented. It is not a fantasy. That means it can never be changed. It can never be reversed. And nothing or nobody can overturn it. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying jokes, so I'm, see, I'm seeing a lot of yawns and stuff. If you feel like you feel sleepy, just speak in tongues under your breath, okay, so that you be awake. I'm not sure whether I'll, I'll end up saying some jokes, but just, <laughs> you know, just stir up yourself. You know, if you feel a little drowsy or something, you know, just speak in tongues, okay? Yeah. These are facts that happened. So that means that nothing can change what happened. Nothing can change what happened to Jesus. Never in a million years. He's paid for it. It's, it's done. It's a done deal. Okay. He was crucified on the cross. His blood was shed. It's a fact. You can't do anything about it. Or somebody wants to go in a, on a debate with me, you know. You know, nowadays everybody wants to debate about something. So anybody who wants to do that, you can just raise up your hand. We can just do one or two debates. Yeah. You understand? And we are so sure with all that we know concerning his death that he was punished for our peace, our transgressions, our iniquities. And one thing, I think this is, I'm just introducing it very briefly and I'm sure Pastor will teach it as time goes on. All right. (laughs) So by his stripes we were healed. That's one of the things that we seem to have um, detached from salvation. We've detached from forgiveness of sins. That one too is a fact. That can never be changed. Just like we are so sure of the fact that Jesus shed his blood for our sins. We cannot reverse the fact that his skin was torn so that we could be healed. These are facts. But somehow we've been able to disengage some of these things. We're so sure of our salvation about we being translated from the kingdom of the devil into the kingdom of God. Like we are so, but even that we we are yet to understand more of it, that we are going to heaven. Like we are all so sure. But then when it comes to healing, people are beginning to think about what I did, how, what did I do? You know, there's a lot of things that go through people's minds. But I just wanted to draw our attention to the fact that this is also a fact. It was part of the whole thing. It wasn't out of it. So when you begin to understand that this is a fact that cannot be changed, then you begin to think, well, that, hey, this thing has been paid for, then I better receive it. I better, I better pay attention to it because... You know the Bible is like a, a, a will for us, isn't it? It's our, it's our will. It's a document that has stated all the things that God has done for us through Christ Jesus. So then you have to go back into the word. Okay, so this is a fact. As sure a fact that Jesus was crucified on the cross. Now I, I understand that by his stripes too, I was healed at that time. So okay, so how come I'm not getting it? Okay, and apart from that, the Bible says that Jesus Christ, although he was rich, he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. That's another fact. 
Okay, and that one will be found in Second um, Corinthians eight verse nine. Okay, so these are some serious kingdom facts. Second Corinthians eight verse nine. It says, "For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you ye through his poverty might be rich." I don't know. I have no idea. I think there, there used to be some arguments with regard to yeah, maybe Jesus was poor. I don't know. There's some very strange arguments that go on when it comes to this. But let's look at it from the fact that this is a person who worked on gold, whose um, what the flowers can smile at you in the morning or something like that. You know, from the little that we hear from people who have gone to heaven before. You know, maybe. You know, it's like if somebody walks on gold, you know, that means, what are you talking about? Yeah, that means the person is very rich. And his, and God, who is also our father now, okay, that's one of the things that a lot of people, and personally, I'm just, I've seen it. You see, the word has to become rima to you for it to come to life. You see? You may read a lot of things, but if you don't pay attention, you don't make time to meditate on the word of God, it can't show forth. In Ephesians, it talks about, and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And that word there we've learned is the rima of God. It's not the logos. And rima comes by meditation. Rima comes by meditation. So you can be in church for a very long time, you can come and dance and sing and do poetry and everything. And when you go back home, you don't, you don't take time to meditate on the word. You don't get rima. Rima for yourself. You are, you are in trouble. It's just the anointing that is around. That is sort of, you are just coasting along. It's just a matter of time before something happens to you. It's just a matter of time. It's just a matter of time. So what I'm saying has to become rima to you. What pastor will come and preach powerfully? The partnership of the spirits. You laugh and jump and hey. And then when you go home, you spend 10 hours on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh-huh. I was about to ask you which one is the third one. <laughs> and all the new ones that are coming up. A series. No, I, I remember I said this. I don't know whether, yeah, Alpha, of course, I've not preached here in a while. It's like, <laughs> it's like having a whole two boxes of pizza and having one slim lettuce and thinking I'm going to be healthy. Or I'm, I'm on a slimming diet. It's like I'm on a slimming course, right? So this is my meal. Okay, <laughs> in the morning, I had two leaves of lettuce for breakfast. Maybe you are trying two leaves of lettuce. Then for lunch, you had a bowl, two bowls of fufu, you know, with, you don't even, you didn't even add fish, oh. um, fatty beef and chicken, pork and like all manner of things. Then in the evening, you had two boxes of pizza with 1.5 liter Coke. And then you woke up and you said, my goodness. I'm going on a slamming course. And when they say, who are you doing it? Well, yeah. But, Pastor, I had two 
For breakfast, I had two leaves of lettuce. I've done so well. That's the one you talk about, oh. Or let's just say you had a bowl of lettuce, like one bowl. But I had one bowl of lettuce. You forg- and then you ignore the pieces with the one letter and, and then you are still getting fat and you can't understand what is happening to you. You are angry. Why am I still getting fat? Okay, maybe now when, before, after I eat the pizza, I'll drink Diet Coke. <laughs> That's what, no, that is what is happening. I, I remember I saw one of these reality shows. The girl eats hamburgers and then he'll drink Diet Coke. It's like, I don't know whether he's trying to get her conscience, you know, appease her conscience or something. I had, I had Diet Coke. And that's what a lot of people are doing with their lives. Yeah. So I don't know. So the two, the bowl of salad, I'm not even going to see the two leaves of this. If you had a bowl of salad and this, who, which one is going to show? The junk will show. The junk will definitely show. Oh, you'll be coming to church. In fact, you, you see, because People are not even eating a bowl of lettuce. You think you are better. Do you understand? So when it comes like, ah, but we cry, we spend about three hours in church. Some people go for 30 minutes. We are better. We are better. So you, you have a bowl of lettuce in the morning. So I think I'm better. Somebody who is having three square meals of pizza, you think you are better. But you see, don't deceive yourself. You see, evil company corrupts good manners. Evil company corrupts good manners. You know it. By the time you finish watching your spirit, you have become light. You start feeling headaches and tired. It's like everything is a mess inside. It should tell you that what you were looking at was not good for you. It was not good for you at all. So how can you grow up well? How can your mind cannot be renewed? That's one of the things. Okay, so let's read Romans chapter twelve. I know I've deviated off a bit, but I'm sure I'll come back to it. Romans chapter twelve, verse two. Okay, he said, "And be not conformed to this world." He said, "But be transformed by the renewal of your mind." You can only be transformed if your mind is renewed. You can only be transformed into what God has made you on the inside if your mind is renewed. It is not about physical works. It starts with accepting what God has done for you. And that means you have to make time to study the Bible. What, is jo- what does Joshua 1.8 say? We'll come back to this, okay? This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. He was talking about meditation. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. It is only when you meditate that you can do. When you hear and you try to do, you can do just for a very short period and then you fall back. If you don't meditate, you can't go far. 
No, you can't. It's, you can just go some distance, but you either you get stuck or you, you get back. I think as children of God, we have to learn how to meditate. It is, it is one of, or it's one of the main things that helps us. It's one of the main things that helps us be grounded. Because if you find yourself somewhere that you don't have everybody, because as time goes on, they will send missionaries and stuff. Now, if you are not grounded in the word, how can you stand? If you've learned how to stay in the word on your own, to think about the word on your own, to engage the Holy Spirit on your own. One thing about meditation is when you meditate in a quiet place, you begin to hear yourself. First, you hear yourself. You hear how you think. You hear whether you believe the word of God that you are meditating on or not. Because what the word of God is doing is that it's beginning to bring out the chaff. It's beginning to bring it up. So you realize that, ah, do I, I, I realize, I don't, God, that's, I don't believe this, this scripture. Then after you've, you've seen that you don't believe it, now you see, when, one of the problems is that when you don't know what you don't know, it's very difficult to solve the problem. If you don't know that you have this problem, but there's something wrong, I can't pinpoint it. It's very difficult to solve that problem. But when that thing comes up, that, oh, I have unbelief concerning this, then Holy Spirit, help my unbelief. Now you begin to say, okay, Holy Spirit, now I believe. I choose to believe your word. I choose to believe what the Bible is saying. I choose to believe this and this and that. Then it's like now you're beginning to, you know, train your mind to conform to the word. You're training your mind to conform to the word. Do you understand what I'm saying? If anybody doesn't understand, you can raise your hand. It's, it's preaching, teaching, classroom, whatever. You understand? You conform. So that is, is the process of transforming your mind. You are transforming your mind. You are, letting it, you are letting it agree with the word of God. So everybody needs time. You need that time with the Holy Spirit. You need that time with the word. It's not because Pastor Eli has said that maybe where's your notes? Hey, how long can we do that? It's very difficult to. You know, especially when you people are coming inside. If you've been here for a long time and you're still waiting for a pastor to come and check your notes, you have to advise yourself. You can't be a baby forever. That means you haven't even gotten what has happened to you. It should be, it should be a worry for you. It should be a worry for you. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Okay. So let's, instead of, for then thou shalt make thy way, you make your way prosperous. You see, so when your word, you begin to, your mind begins to conform to the word of God. In Romans chapter 12 verse 2, it says, the second part, this is what it does. So let's go back. It said, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. It said, that you may prove. When you are transformed, now you'll be able to prove the word. You'll be able to prove the word. He said, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Are you hearing me? 
that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So tell somebody, I'm going to meditate on the word. I'm going to transform my mind with the word of God. I will not conform to this world. Too many things. And the things of the world are so fleeting. Every time there's something new coming. Goodness. Who can keep up with that? And it is, it is vain. It is fickle. It is light. It is very light. So why don't you pay attention to the things that God has done for you? The things that God has done for you. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Every single thing. Okay. Every single thing. It's all inside here. It's not up here. It's not in the sky. When you became born again, your spirit was one with the Lord. You received a new spirit. And he said, all things are of God. 1 Corinthians 5.17 And all things are of God. Can we get to 1 Corinthians 5.17? The second Corinthians, second Corinthians five seventeen. Second Corinthians five seventeen. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You are new. Your spirit man is new. You are new. All things are passed away. That old dead spirit is gone. Behold, all things are become new. And then the eighteen says, and all things are of God. Who has reconciled us again to himself. We have come back together with Christ. And has given us that ministry of reconciliation. So everything. That all things that have been made new. Those all things are of God. So it's inside you. Now for you. You have to be transformed. To conform with that all things of God. That is inside you. That is the only way for you to prove it. So what does the Bible say? Is it in Philemon? Philemon is it what one, one six? Philemon one six said that the communication of your faith will become effective by the acknowledging of all what of every good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus. By the acknowledging, by the accepting that I have love, I love people. Even though you, you easily get angered, you say, no, because it's inside, it's in you, in Christ Jesus. It's inside you. So now you are transforming your mind. It has nothing to do with what you think about or what is happening on the outside. It is inside you. You have to have that knowledge that I have it. I have love inside me because I have God inside me. I have the Holy Spirit inside me. I am one with the Holy Spirit. That means I have every attribute of the Holy Spirit inside me. Which includes love. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 17, you can read all those things. Love, patience, the fruit of the Spirit. Don't you have the Spirit? Yes. So it's the fruit of the love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience. You see, you have to, you have to ad- acknowledge it. You have to accept that I have these things because I have God inside me. The fact that I have God inside me means I have all these things. That means I have all these things. And it's a lot of things. And Paul prays that in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, it talks about how he was praying that we, 
we will, we will have our eyes open to see what God has given to us. Because nothing else is going to come from where? Heaven or where? Where is it coming from? When you speak in tongues, does it come from inside? Where is it coming from? It's generated from inside. There's something inside you. There's something inside you that is bigger than anything in the world. And this is what the prophets of old wanted to see. You want to be like Elijah. Elijah wants to be like you. You want to be like Elisha. He wants to be like you. Because you've got God inside you. One with you. And waiting for you to realize that my son, I'm here. I'm here. Believe what I'm saying concerning you. This is my will concerning you. I've written it all down. Just read it. Read it. And believe that I have it. And believe that I have it. Because sometimes it's very difficult to go to a poor, a poor person and then say that, okay, you own three houses at Trasaco. It will take a long time. It takes looking at it, being taught about it. You know, sometimes you see it, so you're lying. And that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes God has given you something. You are being prayed for, you are getting healed. Then all of a sudden it's like, no, this is, it can never be true. It can never be. You, then you see that you have a lot of doubt in your heart. You'd be surprised at the, the strength of the never in your heart. Wow. Then you realize that you don't believe. You go to church, but you don't believe. A lot of things. And it doesn't come by just this one meeting that I'm going to have with you. It comes, it's a renewal process. It's a transforming process. And every time you hear about um, the transforming process of the butterfly and all that, it takes time. It takes time. Otherwise, you'll be like the seeds, you know, the parable of the sower. People who hear it are known with joy. Hey! And then something happens and they say, look, you know what? They are not rooted. And there's a lot of Christians are in that category. Very few Christians actually move to the category of bearing, of bearing fruit. And getting to know the word has nothing to do with age. So take it out of your mind. It has nothing to do with, I'm too young. Okay, when I get to 40, I'll think about it and it will become more real to me. You are lying. You are too late. You are too late. Jesus was 33 years old. I think sometimes we forget. We think that Jesus is like the Pope or something. No, it's true. A lot of people... Subconsciously, people begin to think like, so when you speak to young people that give your life to Christ, you know, give your life to Christ. He's transformed you. He's bought you from everything. He's bought you from, it's true. You know, that's, I remember there was a time that preaching used to be very difficult because people said that, hey, why are you saying that Jesus has taken away your poverty and all that? Because some people are still poor and everything. It's true. He has. He has. And it is lack of knowledge that causes the people of God to perish. For lack of knowledge, my people perish. So it is focusing in the word. We love to pray. Africans love to pray. They don't like to read the word of God. We can pray for hours. 
and clap and shoot and strike and do all manner of things. But read Bible one hour is like boxing. It's like boxing, like serious. No, but seriously, you'd be you'd be surprised that if you knew what was in the Bible, you will not be shooting the devil in the skies. No, you understand. If you knew what was in the Bible, you won't be shooting. You won't be caning the floor. No, seriously, if you knew what, you see, so that's the problem. We don't know what is in the Bible. And if you want it, we have the Holy Spirit who is also our teacher, isn't it? Holy Spirit, teach me your word. These are heartfelt prayers. Teach me your word. Teach me your word. That is all. You have to know what is in the will. So he just said, oh, I'm a rich man's daughter. Okay, now... Yes, so people just get stuck at, okay, now I'm born again. And then look at, okay, this is what born again people do. From what I'm seeing around. So, okay, we have to do. You don't know what you're talking about. You don't know what has happened to you. We have to read the word of God. The body of Christ, especially in Africa, they don't read the Bible. We don't read the Bible. So right now, I want us to read the Bible. Don't behave as like the person who eats a bowl of salad and compares himself with the person who eats three meals of junk food and say that I'm fine. You are almost the same. You are almost the same. All of you are showing characteristics of what? Of junk. All of you. So who is better than who? How can you even convince that person that you take a bowl of salad in the morning? That would be very difficult to... No, do you understand? How can you convince that person? We are all on the same level. Yes, it's true, you take a bowl of salad in the morning, but it's not showing. It's not showing, so you have to do something more. You have to do something more. Let's transform our minds. Let's transform our minds with the word of God. There's so much I wanted to say, but the, um, I'm not being, you know, yeah, because I believe that as the year goes by, the Holy Spirit will give us that leeway to teach more. But you've got everything inside you, so pay attention to what God has given to you. You've got it inside you. Now you need the will to know exactly what is inside you. You've got God inside you. Now what about God is inside me? He came in with all his fullness. Okay, but I have to know exactly what it is. And agree with it. Anything that is about the child of God, about the righteous person, is yours. That is what it is. So when you read your Bible, don't read it like they. Read it me. Read it me. Then that means that you are taking, you are are possessing whatever is yours. You are receiving it. It is real. I'm telling you. The world is something else. They will make you see as if, make it seem as if they have a certain solution, but they don't. They don't. They are mere men. They lie through their teeth. 
they still kill, do all manner of things. So how can you put your trust in a man? That is a case. If you think I'm lying, try it. Oh no, if you think I'm lying, try it. And there are people who, yeah, try it. And begin to see God in his word. Don't only pray, read the Bible. Read the Bible as much as you pray. Read the Bible as much as you pray. Read the Bible. When you have questions, the beauty of being in this place is that you have pastors who are available for you. We don't have pastors who are distanced themselves from you. You have pastors who you can call at any point in time. So when you read something and you don't understand, call somebody. Because that's what, it's, that's what could happen when you start. You don't understand it. Somebody will teach you. And then you think on it. Let's think on the word. Because that is what we were born with. Otherwise, we will shrivel like malnourished children. And that means anything can come for you. But you are still a child of God. It, just, it doesn't change that fact. But you look like the world. And you go through things like the world is going through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shall I begin to speak in the language of the Spirit? Thank you, Holy Spirit. I give you praise, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all that you've done for us. Just thank the Lord for his word that has come to us. We are grateful and we are thankful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless your name. Thank you, Father, for making us one with you. Thank you for all the good things that you have brought into our lives, that you have made us. We give you praise. That as you have spoken to us this morning, we go forth and do your works. We go forth and we meditate on your word to become one with your word, Lord, so that we may be able to prove that good, that acceptable, that perfect will, that perfect will of yours. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and bounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.